dead flag mantle. I said no. Welcome, everybody, to the round 15 fan cams after the Blues get a great win over the Dockers. Um, da, 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 da. Charlie Kerner. Say you what? Charlie, yeah. I got way too excited, the Frio fans, mate. They're in the DMs, in the comments. Mate, you're Fremantle. Just calm down. Carlton will finish top four. All about you. Carlton will play in a grand final this year. Mark my fucking words. I'm up and about. Yeah. yeah Where's my flag at, baby? <laughs> Dog is in the building. <sighs> Terry, how are you? I'm, I'm very excited. Up and about, brother. Up and about. Riley, Riley with OG Blue Abroad. All I have to say, mate, is baggers are flaggers, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, fucking hell. What, that, in a year of great wins, that was the best win we've had. And I think by a fair way, too, considering the personnel that was out pre-game. Stay off. Frio who? They said flag man who, bro. Frio who? Fucking hell, mate. Bro, it was, you know what it was? It was like that Essendon game. Just calm the whole game. Adam. Hey, Terry, how you doing? A nice, friendly game for the uh, the time difference there in Arizona, my friend. <laughs> Tell me about it, bro. <laughs> what it's happened? It's only 12.30. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Man, I'd love to see it. What did you What did you make of that? And we just got it done. That's really what there is to say about it. And, and Frio's not a bad football team, you know? They're, what, second on the ladder or were? Fine. Oh, and Pops. Mate, I have very rarely been better than what I am right now. Oh. Pretty ecstatic, actually. That was a big win. Yeah. Uh, blown away. Like, everyone was giving out high fives. It was glorious, man. High fives, hugs, kisses, babies. Okay, well, that's right. No, that was just a, an overall excellent, even team performance. It was brilliant. Luke. Gratitude is my oh, mine. Hey, I'm just watching my the game at the moment, but um, yeah, I'm from America, obviously in California at the moment, so but I've watched every game this season. I've been a fan since um, all 18 years. I'm 18 at the moment, and um, I just had to go to a party um, tonight, but I'm watching the game currently, and I just wanted to say, like, hearing all the guys, I'm just so proud of the boys, obviously, um, but yeah, I'm just watching it, and this is obviously the best the best era of my life watching um Carlton and Zach oh, oh. What, a, what a game what 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 a team look our um our defense which is the most depleted part injury wise gave up 50 points 50 points against one of the best teams in the competition Chris on the oh, train yeah. let him know let him know <laughs> <laughs> Liam Macca Terry! How's it going, mate? How's it going? We make Carlton great again, brother. We make Carlton great again. Yes, absolutely. On the same spot. The point is right here. Hey! So, um, just on the ferry on the way to Mykonos, mate. On the way to Mykonos. Have a look. Go, please. Gonna get a watermelon, chop it in half, bottle of vodka, a couple of straws, dancing on table, the front of the patty. 
Unbeatable, mate. Morals today, mate. Morals. What, what would I know? What would I know? How good was Walsh, He was insane, like the whole game. Very, very, very important. And to restrict them to 50 points with no weedering. Please, just give me more. Go the Packers! Hey, hey, Terry boy! <laughs> How good's that? <laughs> sensational. <laughs> Absolutely oh. sensational. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blue Abroad Show after round 15. I've got Paul Sebastiani. It had to be Paul Sebastiani tonight, mate. What is going on? Oh, we're vibing, mate. It's it's all happening now. Uh, we've got the the swag as well and truly back. The baggers are up and about. What a time to be alive, mate. How like how good were the fan cams? Like everyone's just got these big fat grins on their faces. It was the best because it was Saturday afternoon, so you didn't have to worry yeah. about being up too late. You knew that no matter how long they went for, it was it was fine. Um, I, I don't know. Like I'm still, I'm still buzzing. That's the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So am I. I, I was sort of, um, I was walking through the city today on my way to work and um, had my Carlton jacket on as I always do. As as you, you and Fab have Fab have become uh, well accustomed, accustomed to getting my Monday morning uh, videos. But um, I've seen like the caps and scarves are starting to litter the CBD now, and I just I walk past this bloke. Um, you know, he was sort of dressed in his, you know, he was dressed in a nice jacket and stuff and he had his Carlton cap on and he walked past me and he just went. <laughs> it was, you know, like, you know, when you see like two bus drivers like go past each other and they just do that. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> oh, mate. No, it, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. It was just one of those wins for us who haven't seen a lot, but also yeah. for these yeah. young, young kids, you know, teenagers who have no memories. I feel like that's the type of game, the Sydney game, maybe the Doggies game and the Richmond game that they'll have the memories, um, you know, for the rest of their lives for. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. And I, I remember, I mean, they're not really old wounds, but you, I remember Robert Walls a few years ago saying that, you know, we're, we're at risk of losing a generation of, of fans. And you felt that, like, at the end of last year, we were kind of on the precipice of that but. It's nice to see all these young kids coming on the fan cams and, you know, young Zach and a few of the other boys coming through. And uh, it's, it's just fantastic to see. So young kids getting involved and it's nice to be part of a, a winning team now. Yeah, spot on. Spot on. We're going to – there's a lot to get through because I, I felt like – and I kind of want to step back as well and look at the season, you know, yeah. as it is and just look at the – there's so many storylines. I mean, obviously yeah. – you start yeah. with Sam Doherty, and that's clearly the football life Australian story of the year yeah. for us, and probably for for many for many people out there, even if you're not a Carlton supporter. But mm. within this group, within this club, there are so many storylines. Because I mean, last week we're sitting here talking about twelve months ago, we're four and nine, yeah, four and nine, twelve months ago yeah. uh, at the end of at the end of round thirteen, so fourteen, I should say. So. You know, a lot has happened. A lot of changes happened. We've gone through this early stage honeymoon where we weren't sure. I think everyone's now sure of what we're capable of. And in many respects, it was it's the benchmark win. Like now we yeah. know what, what the best looks like. 
Yeah, I think Boss summed it up perfectly in his press conference when he said it was a signature win for the group because it was, I think, and I said in my fan cams that, well, I'll probably, not that I disagree with myself now, but I'll probably sort of stop, rewind and go again. I said it was, for me, it was the most satisfying win we'd, we've had all year. And then I listened to Vossi's presser and he said, he goes, it was our best performance of the year. And then I watched the game back and, you know, at the ground, you just, I think, you know, you and I, we're, we're all like this. You just get so emotionally attached that you kind of miss out exactly what's happening from a footballing perspective, if that makes sense. Um, but then when I actually went back and watched the game, it was just a complete performance, really, from from start to finish. It was honestly, it was a, a statistical mauling, really, if you wanted to go that deep into it. We 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 absolutely dominated from start to finish. Yeah. Well, I'll get everyone to start kicking us off with their mm-hmm. three words to summarize the the round fifteen performance. And Paul, get you to continue because. Even in that first quarter, yeah. yes, we didn't have the scoreboard pressure, but the forward 50 tackles were there, the pressure was yeah. there, the territory yeah. game was there. We were dominant. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I sort of at quarter time, I sort of went and looked at the numbers and um, I said to myself, I go, geez, I go, if you keep this up, like weight of numbers, it's just going to eventually fall in your favour, really, if you keep playing the way you're doing around the contest. But then alternatively, to play devil's advocate, I'm like, well, gee, surely Frio aren't just going to let us dominate, you know, the, the coalface and source as as we have been. You know, they've got some pretty talented midfielders and, and a pretty good midfield that that was in some decent form coming up into, into this game. Uh, but we just brutalised them from the onset and, you know, weight of numbers eventually won out. And I think there's one stage where we had 14 to 1 tackles inside 50 in the first half was a stat that got shown up um, on the boards there. And it was just phenomenal, really. And I think for me, the three words to sum it up are Voss's words, a signature win. Yeah, absolutely. And then the game, the game's funny. The game's funny. It requires you to do certain things early in the piece and it rewards you later on. Um, yeah. And I, I think what you said just there really sums that up in that, yep, didn't have a scoreboard dominance, but we're ticking all the boxes. And, you know, we, we've, you know, we were talking about how our pressure just wasn't at that same level um, over the last three weeks and, you know, the need for us to respond. Um, and I think we did that. And even, you know, notwithstanding not getting the scoreboard pressure on it, we, to quote you, mitigated the damage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, their, their goals were not exactly – I mean, they got one goal from a, a dubious lob mark. They got another goal from a Jack Silvani turnover, which was the right thing to do in that situation when he came in board – with that kick and there, are, you know, you hear a few people moan in the grandstand, which is understandable, but the fact that they didn't sway away from what they were trying to do after that happened, they continued to attack the corridor and, and, and get it free on the front foot as well was, I think it's a testament to, because at quarter time, I think, I think a team of a bygone era would have thought, Oh, geez, mate, we've just busted our ass for 30 minutes and we're behind by two goals. But that word belief that continues to creep around our football club at the moment was was there for all to see after quarter time. It was, hang on, wait, if we continue to actually do what we're doing, we're going to win this game of football. Um, and you you can't, it's something intangible that you can't really define by saying, oh, this is just one thing that they've done that they believe in that's just changed everything. It's just so many little, you know, little chasms of the way that you try to play the game that just culminate into what, what we saw on, on Saturday afternoon. And it was just... You know, there was a stage in the game where I was looking down at my phone during the fourth quarter and Harry laid that tackle late. I'm like, oh, oh okay, oh, yeah, it's another goal. Yeah, we're home. 
you know, so in complete control from the onset. And, you know, Vossi asked the midfield to step up and they stepped up. That was probably their best performance of the year, really. For sure. sure. I mean, as a collective, I'll touch on them in a minute, but, you know, coming into the game, um, I had this sense of confidence from the start of the week because I, yeah, I rate Freo, I respect Freo, but come to Melbourne and beat us in front of our home crowd. That was my yeah. that was my thought process. Like yeah. we're pretty evenly matched as as two football teams, and I know mm-hmm. we have a few outs and all that, but irrespective, mm-hmm. Charlie and Harry up forward, it's it's different. It's it's just hard yeah. over four quarters to stop. And then when you add this layer of our ability, yes, the stars were great, but when you got these wingers who have been under pressure from the community, the fan base, we weren't sure about this wing position at the start of the year and who was going to lock down the spots. And to see us trust the wingers to do their job and then the wingers to execute on that, thats I really do think it's its a monumental sign. Yeah, it's a development of, it's a development of team-based football and, and a selflessness led by coaches and, and leaders around the whole around the whole club really and I think none more so than Patrick Cripps on the weekend really sacrificed his role you know as that glitzy glam type of player that that we've you know seen him become um, but he was in there and under feeding the ball out to to the better users in our team and you know he's he's been an embodiment of, of what we've been about this year you know you're, you're there to regardless of who you are the defined roles, you're there to do a job every week. You tick off those green ticks that you need to tick off, whether it's, you know, certain stats or GPS numbers and stuff that you need to meet from a team perspective, whether it's one percenters, spoils. You know, look at Lewis Young. Lewis Young isn't doing anything remarkable. He's just been reliable. But with that, you know, you build that reliability and the word remarkable starts to float around, doesn't it? And no one predicted to, to see what Lewis Young was doing and any of these defenders are doing at the moment, given the, the the plight of injuries we've had down there as well. So, you know, it's 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 been phenomenal from from round one. Really, the improvement has been we've improved out of sight. I don't think anyone really could have picked it other than than the coaches and the and the bloke who's at the top in in Michael Voss. Yeah, they're, they're just. It just seemingly was this clarity around them. They knew exactly every yeah. single one of them knew exactly what they needed to do. And they, every single one of them really played within the confines of their roles. It's, I I really don't remember a a full performance like it. I don't really remember it. Well, I think the most satisfying thing for us as fans, and I don't know if you feel this way too, but is when, not that we were going, we were going through a little bit of a lull, but we knew the area with which, we knew the area on the ground that we had to go to work on. And that was at the contest, you know, the midfield stepping up, winning clearances, winning stoppages, but it's all been peeled back from the plan with which to set your foundation to win. So Michael Voss has come in and said, well, boys, and I know we keep repeating this, but if you can't win the ball at the source and at the coalface, and this is what Pommy and I keep coming back to, what Mars and I keep coming back to, and Rocco and I and all of us on this channel, if you cannot win the ball from the source, you may as well not rock up. And that's been Voss's mantra throughout the whole season. And they've gone to work on that. And for us to realise that that is the way with which we win and that was down, and for us to respond, we see that as fans and we're like, oh, now I understand what they're trying to do. I understand how we win games. And if this is not the standard, like Vossi, he was peeved after the Richmond game. He said, our brand's not conceding 74 inside 50s. Because I don't know how we are in that game up until the last moments of final quarter against Richmond. But they found a way. Um, you know, conditions suited us um, on Saturday afternoon. Dry deck, 
suits our ball retention strategy and it's a phenomenal performance. And as I said, for the midfield to respond the way that the way they did after, you know, you were calling for it, I was calling for it, Pommy was calling for it, and Michael Voss was calling for it too. It's just it's great to see. It's a group that's galvanized. Yeah. I had um I went to the the sponsors dinner last Wednesday. Yep. And, and I chatted to a few of the boys and had a, a few really interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Um one particular player may I, I you know asked the question around you know Vossi and what's yep. the difference and, and yep. how, how, you know what, yep. what what is it this year and he made a very interesting comment around um like Vossi's awesome and the way he communicates is really clear but the yep. overarching message that he sort of said to me which kind of took me aback a little bit was that to be honest the messaging coming out of the coaches is not so different from coach to coach everyone wants to do the same right. thing right yeah. it's not it's not He's not saying something that they've never heard before, course, and he yeah. made he made mention of the the pain in which they've all collectively felt over the years, and there just came a point when they sort of all collectively said, "Just enough's enough." And it's yeah. funny because, like, the, the failure of even in life, like the failures of life, are what spur you to that moment where you actually do something about it. So yeah. I do credit the coaches. But I do also credit these players for just buying in and taking ownership. Yeah, well, it's it's the human archetype, isn't it? Of you know, failure leads to success. Well, it, well, that's you know, you learn from your past failures, and that you know tries to galvanise you and 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 push you in the right direction too. And you know, it's not that these players don't have talent. We've seen what they what they're capable of. You know, and I, I think I think it was our talent that actually got us to where we were in the last in the last two years because it was pretty abysmal. Um, you know, the, the way we were playing. And it's just funny how you cha- a few changes at the top were significant changes, really. Uh, but it's just amazing how everything has just turned into the complete opposite of what it was for the last four or five years. Selflessness, you know, willing to play for your teammate next to you as well. And just a, just the buy-in, I think, really, just just from, from the whole club. Like, every, I'm talking fans, members, uh, you know, executives, players, stakeholders all of us together it's so everybody's galvanized and we're all on the same page and we understand where we are and what we have to be and and what we are as a footy club on the field too which is you know it's exciting it's nice to and i said to you on the fan cams after the game it's nice to just go to a game and be able to latch onto something on the field that you can say yes i know this is how we play and i know when we play this way we're going to go close to winning or we will win yeah you're not I'm no longer at games sitting there waiting for the collapse or the apple crumble. I'm, I'm not waiting for that anymore. I'm, I'm now just waiting for the five minutes where we can turn a game on its head. Yeah, and and you, you, you well, it was funny that 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 turn the game on the head didn't really come against Frio, which is strange, isn't it? It was not that like nine goal burst that we saw against Sydney. It was a, and I haven't seen this all year. It was a gradual demolition and breakdown of the opposition and this is what I was sort of looking for I wanted to see us systematically break down a team with with the way we wanted to play and we did it from the onset which was like as a, that's why it was so satisfying to me because now we've got this big sample size with which to you know set a standard for the team and, and where that is with with supporters uh but like just the weekend was just we, we we've arrived like we're here it's just it's, there's no you can't you can't argue against the facts that are, you know, that are bearing out in front of you. Like it's a genuine, a genuine premiership threat bar absolute disaster, which is like, it's not like we respond after every loss. So 
you know, and losses are going to happen, as you always say. Yeah. Well, I actually spoke about that with Pommy um, on, on Sunday. You know, if you look at, you know, years gone by, it would take us three to four, maybe even five games to rectify something that we had identified, such as the slow starts, such yeah. as the five goal swings, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas this year we've identified things pretty quickly and moved move pretty quickly to to rectify them within within a week. And I think that's the most one of the most important parts of this year and, and I guess any season. It's you know yeah. you're gonna lose. You just can't allow a loss to become two or three or four in a row and then you really fall into a hole. Yeah, exactly. And as I keep saying that the coaches have implemented a style as well that is a very strong foundation with which to win a game of football. You know, so being strong and brutal at the contest and then your game flows on from that as well. Um, and if there are things that go wrong around the field, they have been easily rectifiable. And we've said that even in the losses, like you go back to the losses and you say, well, it's not that it's not an absolute disaster. You know, you go back to the loss against Collingwood, you know, Jacob Wiedering went down and I actually thought we did okay to deal with him coming out of the, out of the game. Granted, we weren't great at the coalface and it was just those two things that broke down. You know, we, we, it was an even battle out of the contest. We lost that game by four points the Richmond game, we got slaughtered at the contest. The Essendon game, we weren't great at the contest either. We got away with that one because they're rubbish opposition. And then on, on Saturday afternoon, we completely went to work. And I love the fact that we've just come out of this mid-season lull. With, like, it's flying colours. Like, we've just completely eradicated any poor form that we left, you know, in the middle part of the year. And it's, you know, it's it's onwards and upwards now. Like, all the momentum's just been wrestled back. And, you know, the wave is with us now. Yeah. One of the more fascinating things, I, I mean, I wish, I wish we could speak to to Vossi about it. Maybe, maybe the club can can help maybe, us out yeah. in that regard. But I want one of the fascinating parts of this is, I would love to understand how, as a coach and as a as a you know professional athlete, you get yourself into that mind frame week to week consistently because we know that the application was clearly there against the Dockers and it just wasn't at the same level against. Um, you know, Richmond and, and Collingwood and Essendon to a degree. And to get to get them all on that in that mental zone where they're so focused and so switched on and so concentrated, I'd love to know and have a conversation around, you know, how do you fault, uh, foster that? How do you cultivate that? And, like, how do you package that up and, you know? And I think alternatively, how do you get the wins when that's not happening for you yes. as well? Which is, you know, we did that against Essendon. Uh, and, and that's what it's all about too, Win, winning ugly sometimes and, and winning when you're not at your best as well. So it's just, it's a testament to all of them, I think. And it starts from the top as well. You look at the men that we've put in there and, you know, you, you Brian Cook, Luke Sayers, Michael Voss. I mean, it's a stark improvement on what, you know, we've seen in, in the past as well. Then it all, it, it, what do we say? It all starts from the top and it just all filters its way down. You know, they'd be putting in the hard yards, not, 12 hours a day, that it'll be a 24-7 thing for them. The more yeah. you put in, the more you get out. And like the man management side of things, like it's hard enough to manage your own life. <laughs> you know, like try to manage 45, you know, young men on a list full of testosterone who are going out there, you know, blood hungry every week. Like it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't think people realise how difficult a, a task it is. And I think that's that's something on us as supporters and members as well. Like we don't understand it because we're not in the cut and thrust of it inside the club too but we still feel it we we still feel the hurt and the angst and the anger and the happiness and the joy but 
you know, as it's like boss, he's done a, he's done a phenomenal job, but I, I still don't think he gets enough plaudits for, for where he's put this team. Like it's just, it's the improvement that we've seen in the numbers is just, it's unheard of, mate. It, it is absolutely unheard of. Yeah. Well, I think for me seeing, again, I don't remember this happening. Maybe, maybe the Richmond game, but also not because not everyone was fully believing back then. I have not really seen the supporter base online, everywhere, on the yeah. same page after a game. And I saw it for the very first time. Like, there was no – there was almost no negativity. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think if there's any negativity now, I just think that you're – not that you're wanting it to happen, but you're worried about what's happened in the past, like four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. And if, like, that's done. Yeah. It's over. Like you can't. Like that. That's not. It's not that. It. I mean, that's not going to come up anymore because these boys have seen what they're capable of. You know, at their very best, and there's still improvement to come, and they probably know that as well. And I think, I think the perfect example of that is a guy like Zach Fisher. He's become a man, mate. Exactly. Like he's just he's taken his football to the next level completely. And I think he is the him and a guy like Jordan Boyd, who we'll get to soon. Uh, just they typify what Michael Voss. Is all about go in, play a role, be tough at the contest too, and you know, be hard and be hard at the ball, but be humble as well, and play play for your play for not only yourself but for your mates beside you too. And his his development this year has been absolutely incredible. And you know, we've turned the bloke who apparently wasn't a midfielder into you know a bloke who's getting twenty nine touches and, and beating up on one of the best midfields in the game. So I, I think Zach Fisher is the embodiment of the development we've seen this year from. From boy to man, as as a footballer, yeah, spot on. He's uh, you don't have to t- say his name too often for me to turn this into Zach Fisher abroad. I'm I'm uh, I'm a big lover of fish and, and the way he goes about it. But I think you're right. I mean, th- these are guys who we, well, not we, who some of us in the community have just sort of questioned mm. whether or not they're willing to attack contests hard enough. And look, look. On the one hand, I do get it. On the other hand, there is something I think to be said for. I mean, their bodies have to develop to a certain point. I think Fish was probably at that point last year where he put enough size on and it was just more about his mental application. But, yeah, I mean, the symbolic moment of Fish, for example, is, you know, the, the, the Nat Fife little, little dust up on the wing that happened right in front of me. That's just not something I've seen Zach Fisher do. And he's got an appetite for the contest now. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's obviously all been instilled into him by coaches and and kudos to him as well as a young man and as an individual too to be able to step up to the plate and and put in the hard yards and and look last year we know you know he had the had the ankle and he had surgery there so and I think you touched on it too that we were questioning these young players what's their commitment like to the contest what's their commitment like as a as an Aussie rules footballer and for, for him to come out and do what he's done as well and I think like I think the questions are justified too when you're when we, you know, where did we finish? Where did we finish? Thirteenth or fourteenth last year on the table? You know, the, the questions just have to be raised clearly, and that's but that's what we have to do as supporters, and that's what executives have to do at the football club. I mean, they undertook a review for God's sake, um, you know. And and as I said, I think the questions were justified, and they would have been asking questions of themselves as well. Do I really belong? Do I belong at the level? You know, we spoke to Michael Jamison a couple of weeks ago on on the jumper punch, and. You know, he said it's not till after 50 games that I actually said, okay, well, I'm actually not not too bad at, at this caper. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting perspective. Um, 
we'll get through the votes, but I'm going to do it a little differently because there's just so many of them I want to talk about and it would just be <laughs> remiss to go three, two, one. So we'll do this. Those of you in the audience, you can give us your five, four, three, two, one. Okay. All right. And Paul, you and I can maybe reel off two or three players each. Just guys you really want to give a bit of a pep up because we know Walsh was best on ground. We know certain <laughs> others are up there. So I think we'll, we'll change tune a little bit and just talk about some players that might not feature in the votes, but you want to give them a bit of a a bit of a um a good word. Yeah, yeah. Well, he featured in my votes on the jumper punch in our five two three one. I gave him a bit, a bit of love, but I thought he was the forgotten man, not the forgotten man on the night, but he was my unsung hero of the of the afternoon. Brody Kemp, I thought was fantastic on the night. I absolutely loved his game, um, and having watched him in the reserves pretty much for well for, for the whole year really. Um, had been swung forward and back and forward and back. And I think he understood that that was going to be his role coming into the year, wherever he was needed, that he was going to have to settle um, as a swing man, which is great, you know, and and he's clearly taken that role, you know, with, with, with a head full of steam. And his last two weeks saw, you know, there were some people saying, oh, Kemp was no good against Footscray and he was no good against Essendon. I'm like, well, not to be not to sound arrogant or anything, I'm like, well, did you actually watch the game? Were you there? Did you see what he did? Did you see his positioning? Did you see him play forward? Did you see him play back? You know, I got a feeling that people were just looking at his stats, which is not, you know, I mean, it's not really relevant when you're looking at what he was doing. I thought his positioning against, um, I thought his positioning against Footscray was fantastic as a, as a key defender. And, you know, he lost one or two battles one-on-one, which is going to happen. I mean, Jacob Wiedering yeah. loses battles one-on-one. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was really good defensively against Footscray. I um, had to play on Josh Bruce at times, and he came in and he, he after that first quarter, he destroyed Tabernar and the rest of them. I thought he was, I thought he was fantastic. And late in the last quarter, he gave Tabernar a little shove and took the intercept mark as well. So I, I thought he was, I thought he was brilliant. I loved his game. I think he's going to hold his spot to, to the end of the year. Really, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, th- there were literally three contests that I can think of at the top of my head that he lost. There was the Mark sort of center half back to Tabernard. But again, it's like, it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen. You're going to lose contests. And I, I just, yeah, I would never look at the negatives first with Kempe because his situation is interesting. He's played forward. He's played back. His development Mm -hmm. path Mm -hmm. is so unique to everybody else on the list. It's so different. I don't think many of them on the list have started their careers swinging forward and back regularly in the twos and to come in and know that he's going to play on, you know, guys that are bigger than him. And also like Rory Lobb and Tabernard, they're both, they're both bigger than him and they've both given us trouble in the past. Um, mm. But then to see mm. him have this confidence to take the game on and give us oh, yeah. 17 possessions at a hundred percent. Like it's, it's a phenomenal effort. Yeah. And to come in, you know, against those two blokes who were, you know, touted as the blokes that were going to hurt us. And and to actually, like, he, I mean, he beat his direct opponents on the night pretty much in almost every contest, really. And you said it too, and a bit like the, the confidence to take the game on when he won his possessions. Like, you know, you said he has, he's had 17 or 18 touches at 100%. Like, I, th- I think, and Pommy and I were saying this at the start of the year, I thought he was going to be that player for us at the start of the year, that intercept player, that bloke who was going to launch us off half back, you know, and create that run and carry, not only lock a man down, which is what you need to do as a defender first and foremost, but also 
a modern day defender needs to be able to rebound 52 and create score launches and and start to get involved with score involvement and scoring change. And he's he's a classy player as well, man. Like the ability to step through trouble is just you know he was so calm and poised with ball in hand under under immense pressure. It was a it was a finals like type game if that makes yeah. sense. Just the 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 nature with which it was played, the ferociousness around the contest, and I thought he come through with flying colours. I thought he was fantastic. You, you, I wouldn't have been surprised if you had said Kempi's going to play a really safe game and he's not going to try and take yeah. the game on and he's just going to just get the ball to the first option and he's not really, you know. So, yeah, I, I think certainly warrants a, um, a mention. I, I'm going to go with Tom De Koning, yes. young Tom De Koning, because again, the 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 narrative before the game was we're fucked. It's Darcy with Lob. We're in trouble. TDK's not a ruckman. I've heard. I've I've read it all. I've read it all about Tom DeConing. You didn't hear it from me. Yeah, <laughs> I actually spoke to Tom as well at the um at the player sponsors dinner, and I had some very choice words that I said to him about Sean Darcy. Yes, and, and I know. what I thought about Sean Darcy, and um he he mentioned something to me about strategy in that Darcy's got this thing where they like. You know, he puts his knee really low, doesn't get off the ground. And the way to combat this knee of his is you've got to jump over the top of it. And I just thought the way in which De Koning played with this force, I don't think yeah. he's done it before for that long, just play with a real aggression. All of a sudden, Kane Corns is coming out. He's worth 800, 900K. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to have any room on the salary cap, mate, if we sign up TDK for that much, are we? <laughs> right. And in a really weird way, I know Pito going down hurts and, it, you know, he's very good for us, but sometimes you've just got to be thrown in the deep end to figure out what you're all about. And we're just watching mate. Tom grow slowly but surely. Mate, uh, you, you sink or swim, son. Sink or swim. And he's, he's swimming at the moment. Uh, and you know what I find really fascinating about him? He's marking gets better as the game goes on. Like he took that awesome mark uh, right on the last line of defense and then went up, uh, I think, late in the fourth term and took a big clunk over the top of, who's the blonde-headed fella with the ponytail for three hours? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, plucked that up over him. And I just, jeez, mate, that's that stuff like that wins your games of football. Um, you know, when he did it against Sydney as well, against two rucks um, in, in Hickey and Laddams, uh, mind you, I don't think they're the class of him, but he's he's really stepped up to the plate as well. And Vossi did say that in time he was going to be the one who was our number one ruckman. And I think his development has, has, has fast-tracked really with an unfortunate injury to Pitt. Uh, but, mate, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> Any others? Any others that caught your attention? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Lockie O'Brien, like, you know, like, I think I'm the leader of his fan club at the moment or, or alongside the Ian Prendicast and Pommy and a few of the other boys. Uh, but I love this game. Um, his first goal was nice. He had the confidence to to step around. And then, um, yeah, it was a good good, good goal. And then the second one where he just held his width, got out into the space and and finished his work um, late in the game was, was nice to see. So... Um, he caused chaos along the wing, and you know, but he doesn't get contested possessions. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's look, he's he's playing his role, and um, you know, he understands what he has to do as a winger, and it's obviously been clearly instructed to him, Nunes and Cottrell, what they have to do along 
along that side of the ground. I think Cottrell was was phenomenal again. I thought that was probably his best game for the club. Um, took his two goals with with a plum, and you know that that second goal he kicked on the run was oh I went bonkers when he kicked it. So happy for him playing that sort of high wing attacking winging half forward role. I thought he was thought he was brilliant. Well, it was funny with these wingers because. I, I mean, I was sitting on the wing on level one, pretty much the exact opposite side to you guys. Yep. And their number one, the way they were running with force and with, with real aggression yeah. was, was clear as day. And they're, 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 it's like they were starting really wide and then cutting into this angle to the goal square. But more importantly, it was the rest of the boys wanting to use them. I think Hewitt got yeah. caught holding the ball where he probably should have handballed it to Jordan Boyd. But yes. then, and this was just before the Cottrell goal. And I still remember looking at it thinking, you've got to use Boyd there. You've got to trust him. And then I yeah. think the next one was, it was Cottrell and Durden gave him the handball and he ran right. in and kicked the goal. And it almost looked like we figured out another way to unlock it because so much attention goes to Harry and Charlie. There are yeah. pockets of space in that half forward sort of 70 to 90 metres from goal. And mm-hmm. they utilise the space and, and why not have a shot? Yeah, well, you summed it up perfectly perfectly there as well. And I think, too, like Cottrell's ability to not, I don't, like break the lines is too simple of a term, but I think his, his ability to, to finish as well, finish his work, which was, I don't think it was really a knock on him, but we saw last year he was taking those stupid dinky kicks on the inside. He's been a lot more direct this year with his running patterns and his kicking and his ball use as well. And you see our wingers are running with a purpose. And that, that, that's the big thing as well. And it goes back to defined roles. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what they've clearly been told to do as well. You know, these are your running patterns. These, this is what you need to tick off every week. And I keep saying it. It's distance travelled with your kilometres on the GPS, inside 50, scoring chain involvements, um, and, and metres gained as well. And those have skyrocketed for, for those three boys. And they're all playing in tandem. And they're playing that role, that role beautifully. And, look, they're going to have down weeks. You know, but all, all, all teams do. And, you know, they probably had the down week against Collingwood as well, but they've, they've bounced back strongly. And they've. it's funny how, like, the two areas of the ground where we thought we were stuffed in, our back half because we've got so many injuries there, and then the wingers where we're like, oh, no. They've all just – they're all lifted to the occasion. Yeah. No, it's 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 a full credit. It really is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just <laughs> – I don't know. Like I, I look at a guy like O'Brien, and I just, I, I don't. Do people want him to fail? Like, is that? Are they looking back like years ago and thinking, well, he's not hard, he's not this, he's not that? Are they wanting him to fail, or are they just going to sit back and say, okay, well, maybe this bloke actually does bring something to our team, which he does. Two goals, nineteen disposals, a heap of meters gained, and and um, you know, he got back and put his body on the line when I don't know if you remember, but in the third term, I think it was. He sort of went to snap a ball inside 50 and it went up and away from where he wanted it to go. And it was a turnover. Fremantle hit us hard on the counter and he bolted back and just just affected a little spoil in a one-on-one battle deep in the goal square and stopped stopped the goal. And that, that that's what it's all about, commitment and buying. And I don't see where the knock for him is. So anyway, that's just me. That's just yeah. my opinion. No, no, spot on. Um, we'll get through Jordan Boyd because yep. before the injury... Tell you what, yeah, there's, there's, he's, I mean, I started the year not knowing a single thing about him, not knowing anything. I remember his first game, he looked a little shaky or just, you know, nervous. I don't know if nervous is the right word. Just didn't 
clearly he was a guy that wasn't playing regular AFL footy. Mm. He has just gotten better every time he takes the field. It's a yeah, full. Yeah, he, he's he's very sturdy, isn't he? Hates losing his one on one battles, doesn't he? I mean, that, and that's all you can do. Like it, you know, you just beat the bloke that's next to you. Really, as simple as that. Um, and his ball use coming out of the back half and across half board when our defensive line has pushed up and we're inside 50 and trying to lock the ball in our front half is, you know, it's, it's second to none, really. And, look, he's going he's gonna to be sorely missed. He is going to be sorely missed. Make no mistake about that. But now it's just we, we have options there now. You know, you've got Weedering coming back from the shoulder. Stocker, who I'm sure we'll get to later, was was solid in the reserves again. So there, there are options to to come in to, to replace him. Yeah. So it's a shame for, for him, though. It's a shame because it he's taking so well. It happened so late in the game. Um, so just for those who aren't aware of the full news, so he was subbed out. Um, he underwent scans, which confirmed an acute fracture in his foot that occurred when landing in the marking contest. He's expected to be out for an extended period of time, but remains a chance to be available late in the season. So it's not devastating, but I think more importantly for the future... I think I think we invest in him. What I, I, I like him. I like what I've seen. Absolutely, we do. And I was saying a couple of weeks ago that I think he is the boss prototype of compete at the contest, win your contest, and then spread from that. And you go away from that. And that's that's with that's the base with which you set up your own game plan as an individual and the game plan with which we set up as a team as well. And I was actually and I said too, I was shocked that he got dropped after the Adelaide game. I thought he was good against Adelaide. Uh, but bounced back very strongly. And now, look, if they decide to go with that type of player to replace him, Liam Stocker can come in and, and hopefully do a job because he was, yeah, again, solid in the reserves. But, um, you know, I think he was initially the player that we expected to be in that role. And, and Boyd just simply overtook him because he's playing better football. Yeah. And good on Voss for, you know, making the call. I yeah, love it. So we should, and so we should. You know, the sta the standards have to remain. You know, as as I've always said, times may change, but standards must remain. Absolutely. Well, let's touch on the reserves. We'll move away, yep. unfortunately, from round fifteen. It's it's done. Um, it what was your observation of the reserves from a you know potential selection point of view? Yeah. Well, I don't look. Dow had the thirty five and a goal, thirty four and a goal again, which is lock, stock and barrel for him in the reserves, really. But um, I don't think – I mean, well, I don't think we can really see him coming in. Um, Stocker, again, 28 touches too. But uh, it's nice to see him just get a little bit of touchback after after the, after the being dropped too. Um, so at least he'll come into the team in good form if they do decide to go Stocker in for Boyd. Um, so positive for him. The one thing I took, like, Hayes, Carroll, Murkov all played, and Hayes was okay again, 26 and a goal, Carroll with 18, um, and Murkov had 13 touches. But one thing I wanted to just credit the VFL team with, they did win, so they won by four points against Coburg. Now, Coburg, uh, I wouldn't say they're, they're struggling. I mean, they're a VFL team. They're a standalone club. You know, they're a stalwart of the VFL competition. And you give those teams a sniff, they're, they're going to be in the hunt, obviously. You know, and they've got big heart and bodies. We only had... One, two, three, four, five listed players out there because Phil went down with the stress fracture in his foot. So only had two touches and went off early in the game. And uh, Big Dom didn't play with it. So we only had five AFL listed players out there. Wow. The rest of the blokes are all – it's all a make-up team, Terry. Like this is – they'd have barely played footy together, these blokes wow. out there. Yeah. And I don't – like Daniel O'Keefe, he's got to get some credit for this performance because – 
you know, to, to step up and, and to clinch this game and, and clinch a top four spot, which it looks likely, um, phenomenal effort from him. I don't think this was a game where we look at the AFL list of boys and go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's playing well and he's doing well and, you know, he's he's working on things that he's had to. I think it's just a case of the VFL team as an individual or, or as its own entity has just, you know, just pinched one without any AFL list of blokes and not a makeshift team, but blokes who have barely, they would have barely played together. Yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, I remember thinking about Dow and, and Stocker and these guys and, and now that you've mentioned it was five of them that were listed – Mm-hmm. Um, having someone like Jordan Boyd, who's, you know, obviously taken Stocker's spot in that moment, having Paddy Dow play in the twos, I can't help. I mean, I back the boys and their character and their willingness and their want to be there and, and make it. I'm hoping that it's just the real motivating factor that they played at 545 at Icon Park. Um, when everyone, like none of the, none of the rest of the boys were there watching them. It was just, was just them. I, I'm hoping that these experiences spur them on to be better. Yeah, I think I think I saw a few. I think there are a few photos. There are a few of the boys that actually went there after the game. I think I think I saw DeConning and and Cottrell in a photo with one of the boys in the VFL game. I, th- I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I think it's a case now of that VFL and AFL all being aligned together and on the same path and having those pathways for. Not not just AFL listed boys, Tez, for, for the VFL listed boys as well. And we've seen Hayes get his chance, you know, on, on the senior list. And it's a case of how are you going to motivate these VFL listed boys to play for our club? You play well in your role. There is a pathway for you to get into the AFL team. And we haven't seen that for, sure. for forever, really, when you think about it. Um, you know, on the development of these younger boys, like Big Dom has developed at a rate of knots, I think, as a defender, and was he was starting to track up before he got concussed. So keep an eye out for him. Merkel's still very, very raw. Um, you know, he's he's obviously a project player, but I, I'm I'm loving what they're doing down in the VFL team, and their form is replicating what we're doing what we're doing at AFL level as well, which is it's brilliant. The whole club is aligned; everyone's rising at the same time. What a time to be alive. Right, mate. It's fantastic. You know, the big new facilities gone up when they go out there and play. They see this big fat Carlton emblem and they're like, yep, that's, that's what I'm playing for. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go through the injury list. It's fucking massive. Like how long you got? <laughs> it's fucked. Um, but we've got the up- another show on it. <laughs> I know. I know. We um, we got an update today from the club on yep. big names. So I'll just, for those yep. who haven't read it, I'll go through it as quickly as I can because there's a lot of them. I think there's 16 of them on the list, but I'll just go through the, the main names. So always, he was the laid out, he, the calf tightness. Yep. He's a tech for this week. We yep. just spoke about Boyd. Uh, Lockie Fogarty had the back stiffness, so he was withdrawn from the, the squad. He's a test. Philp out for the season with the stress fracture in the foot. Chera mm-hmm. is expected to train fully, and he's going to be a test this week. Martin is in the exact same boat. Weedering is at this stage expected to be back for the West Coast game. Um, Pitto will look to increase his training loads. Um, and then depending on how he responds, he'll play. So you think it's a couple of weeks. McGovern yeah. is looking um, to get back to playing football again in round 18, whether that's AFL or VFL, we don't know. Um, Sam Durden's recovered very well and he's on track to play in two to three weeks. Parks is in a moon boot still. Um, he'll be sidelined for the rest of the year. And then Zach Williams just started running. He's going to increase his training loads. 
Um, and we'll see how he pulls up from that. So from that, I take that Martin and Chera will be available for selection. That's correct. And you, you would think that Chera comes straight in. I don't think Martin will. I think they'll persist with Josh Honey. Uh, there are a few things I like. Uh, I, like, I like what I saw in a few passages of play, and I think there is a lot more upside to his game than there is with a guy like Jack Martin. You know, Honey's still fairly young and relatively inexperienced when it comes to AFL, um, and I think he's, he's just a little bit more dynamic up front as well, and I think I think St Kilda under the roof, we saw him cause havoc against the Saints last year in that game under the roof where, where we beat them, and I think he's his work around the stoppage in forward 50. And Pommy and I speak about that straight line running that causes chaos for opposition defence because your movement draws opposition defence to you and that in turn creates space for your midfielders and others to get involved as well. So I think he's a type of player, unlike Jack Martin, who we have seen. I don't think Jack Martin's ever going to absolutely burst open a game for the rest of his career. That's not me putting a line through his career. Um, but I think Honey's just is a type of player where he's just going to burst out and have a game where he just goes absolutely bonkers in. And I think, I think his body of work, you know, is, he's got enough credits in the bank to be able to lock lock down his spot in the team. I think what we get from him is almost equal and going to be better on Martin. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know how I feel about the Martin and Honey situation because you're right. Like on the one hand, the fresh energy is really really reinvigorated us at times yeah. this year. Um, yeah. And I think also it would be important for Honey to get that second game because he's missed so much footy. Um, yeah. Equally important for Jack Martin to get an extra week off to get himself right because where I want Jack Martin and, you know, is it a pipe dream? I don't know. But where I, where I want Jack Martin, he's playing his best football for a period of six to seven weeks from round 18 to yeah, grand final day, you know, and it's just... I know. Am I holding on to something that's not there? I, know. I don't know. No, it's it's he's a strange case, isn't he? Because we see, you know what it is? It's the glimpses that get you. And yeah. that that's what I think a lot of us are hanging on to with him as well. But the thing is, I mean, the, the body's just not reliable, is it? You know, the strains and the calves and and everything like that. So look, as I said, I think the club are going to side more on the upside of Josh Honey. Uh just based purely on his inexperience and he, he can only really get better if he continues to play, I'd have thought. Um, and his explosive nature around the contest too. And he's a clean user of the ball as well. Um, you know, and as you said, he, he creates, he gives, he gives us that spark of youth up in that forward line that, that a guy like Jack Martin that, you know, doesn't, doesn't bring. That's just because of, you know, the, the circumstances that surround his, his career at the moment. Mm. You know, I've got all the faith in Jack Martin and he's quality human and, and, None yeah, yeah, no, no knock on that. No knock on that at all. At all. Just his his ability to be available. Um, yeah. you know, we just need him there. So we'll see yeah. how it plays out. Um, I want to ask a question. Now I know yeah. Sam Doherty is the story of the year. Yep. Um, and I want to ask you, Paul, and you guys in the audience, mm-hmm. what are some of the other storylines that you've been tracking this year that are starting to really evolve? Because we've had a good chunk of the season now. We've got a lot of a sample size. Mm-hmm. What are some of your big storylines from the Carlton Football Club this year. So those of you in the, at home, leave a comment. Um, Paul, you and I will share some of our storylines. 
Yeah, I think there's there's three main ones for me. Is that uh, the first one outside of Doc and you know I know O'Brien I've mentioned countless times, but um, just the way Charlie Kernow has come back seamlessly from that well what people were saying could be a career ender, real, and that he was never going to be the same again, and you know touch wood, heaven forbid, but uh, his his transition back to like he's leading the Coleman for God's sake, <laughs> like you know he's he's reestablished himself as arguably one of the best forwards forwards in the league. Um, you know, and in tandem with Harry together, they've been both been great. And I think his his story's been not not undersold, but I think it's just been in the shadow of of Doherty because of what Doc Doc's been through, clearly. Um the other one for me is um Jack Silvani establishing himself as a as a bona fide uh AFL player in the competition. Thought he was great on the weekend. Ten marks, hits up you know, every single quarter he's making those leads and running patterns and just continues to present and provide an outlet for us across half forward, um, you know, and people can knock him all they want. So he only gets a game for his name. But I mean, I don't think, I mean, if I mean, that's just such a stupid argument, isn't it? <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just such a stupid argument. Like it just, it bears no relevance at all. Yeah. I've um, got one. Yeah, go, go ahead, go, go, go. So, um, a lot before this year we've spoken about depth and if we had depth and we have a system. I know this might sound strange, okay, but I okay. think all these injuries that we've had yeah. are exactly what we needed to have happen. The only way you really test whether your system works is if you get rid of some of these key individuals and you test what the system's about. Um, we have not conceded 100 points this year. Oh, okay. There you go. And I think there's a silver lining because the luck will turn. There will yeah. come a point next year or the year yeah. after where we're healthy. It will happen. The yeah. fact that we are winning consistently with all these challenges that keep coming our way, I think that is going to be – these are going to be the layers of what will hopefully be the flag. No one cares about the problems until you overcome them. And I yeah. think we constantly overcome these issues and challenges that we have. And I think we've got a bona fide system and man, we're winning the flag. Fuck it. <laughs> I love it. I love That's actually a really good look. I love that outlook on, on the other season. I like that. That's a, that's a really unique perspective. And uh, ah, it's, you're right. I mean, that that's the only way you can really truly test your system, isn't it? When you're, you're down to, down to the reserve tank, really. I mean, but, uh, they, they would have believed that they're down to the reserve tank. They would back in the boys week in and week out. And, you know, another story is probably Lewis, Lewis Young, who's been – he's been our man down down in the back line, really, hasn't he? He's, he's been the one who's held firm and been the – he's been the glue from a key position perspective that has just done the job week in, week out. He's got another big test coming up this week again. But, you know, and, and you know my opinion coming into the start of the year when we I saw these practice games, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, you know. But mate, kudos to him, mate. He stepped up. I can only, I have nothing but praise for him. He's he's turned into one of, he's turned into almost an elite key position defender, really. And he just no no nonsense, mate. And that's what it's all about. Well, any conversation about Liam Jones, it's finished. Not that there was too much, but. Yeah. I would genuinely take Lewis Young right now over, and this is no knock on Jonesy. Love Jonesy and sad the way it ended, but I do love him. Yeah. We have got we've got a guy that's just as long as Jones, just as athletic, 
he uses the ball better. And every time we call on him to be more and do more and lead more, he just does it. And it's when Weedering's back and the rest of them are back and when this luck turns our way, it's it lights out. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. And, you know, his, his story has been one of development as well through the year too. And I think like he's... I think he's a type of player as well that is you look at a guy like Jones who was probably very erratic and and you know very I don't know if I really trusted him ball in hand if that makes sense whereas with young not that he's like he's just safe with ball in hand what you see is what you get you know what to expect with him ball in hand that short little 25 meter kick that he can hit up and he actually hit up a nice little dart inside I think it might have been in the last quarter of the second quarter where I think we were sort of messing around with it by hand and he sort of hit this kick on the inside that just relieved the pressure too so he's sort of growing into that ball using role as well so and he just I think the word I've used for him down there is just so assured with everything he does period yeah it's I think Aaron Hamill takes a bit of credit for that back Back six or back seven as well. I, I, I wrote a little article that I do for work at Bet Deluxe called Unsung Heroes. I do it every Monday now. And I just pick out five people or situations that I think don't get enough credit for during the week. And he was the one name that I mentioned. Um, so I thought, I think he's done a phenomenal job with, with the back six and seven that we use week in and week out. And um, you know, kudos to him. He hasn't he hasn't got enough credit for for the role he's played as as defensive coach and as an eighteen man unit as well. I think we've been we've been better better for longer and for longer periods of time throughout the year. So, hats off to hats off to Aaron Hamill. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to look to to wrap up. Um, yep. What we do, just want to give the people a bit of an insight as to what's coming. We've got the Saints this week. Maybe we'll quickly touch on changes i mean we know what we need to we'll preview the game in in good time but what are the changes you think will be made this week if chera and martin are fit we were hoping weedering would come up um but seems like he he won't um so are you taking out one of those young boys in the forward line to bring chera in and reshuffle or um well chera will definitely come in but it could be a case of yeah, it's an interesting case, isn't it? They might they might go and and think that they can just cover Boyd without, you know, bringing any. I think I think they will go the safe option and bring Stocker in for Boyd. Yep. Um, and who comes out? Like Chera, I'm not too sure who comes out for him. Maybe maybe they go with that. You know, those small forwards who sort of swapped up on the weekend. Maybe they don't. Maybe they take Motlop out and bring Chera in. I'm not too sure what they'll do there, but I think I mean it'll be maximum. I don't think there'd be any. I think it'd be maximum three, really. Yeah. You know, one with yeah. the injury, maybe two based on form and potentially the way they want to set up. You know, because I, th- I think Fisher can move into that half forward-ish role, and Chera can go into the middle, and Fisher can replace Motlop in that role. And he doesn't bring that heat or tackle pressure, but you know, I think he's very intricate with the way he moves around the area, and he can play stoppage inside forward fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw him play stoppage, you know, in the guts on the week. He had 11 centre bounce attendances. So he can play around the stoppages, no problem. So for me, I think it'll probably be Chera in for one of the smalls. Fisher comes out of the midfield, plays more of a role inside forward 50 around that area. And then Stocker potentially comes in for Boyd. Those, that's probably what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. I tend to agree with that. Um, 
moving on. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., almost Blues Brothers. And then tomorrow night, 8 p.m., this is the funniest promo <laughs> you guys have ever done. I watched, watched it for the first time. I pissed myself laughing. So episode 41, uh, I'll let you guys in the audience um, have a look and see. Have a Check this out. Hey, okay. boys, how are you? What are you doing? What are you guys doing out here at the trots? What? what? Listen, listen, listen. You guys do the podcast. What's a Carlton player you think of by the name of Brown? One game superstar, Monty Brown. No, no, no. No, no. John, John Brown, 90 games. No, no, no more recent uh, than that. More Tim recent. Brown, 1915 Premiership player. Uh, no, no, no. Doggy Brown! Doggy Brown! Razor Brown! Try Peter Brown. Try Peter Brown. Peter Brown? When did he play in the Premiership? In 79? Really? You guys don't know it in your Carlton support? Listen, listen. Don't even worry about watching the jumper punch. Forget it. These blokes are fucked. That's it. That is it. That's the one. That's it. That's gone. You got it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out so. It came out so good. It came out so well. Um, yeah. No, he was epic. He was. We had a night at the harness track on Saturday night with that. Uh, 79 premiership player uh peter brown and he's our um here's our interview uh for for guernsey number 41 so um yeah they sat down with the boys for sat down with with the boys for over an hour and like some of the it's amazing like you, you see all these garnex players that have played 200 games premiership stars all that but he only played i think he only played about 40 odd games for the club played in the 79 flag as a forward and um the stories that he's told that he's told are just absolutely unbelievable. They've got to be got to be heard to be believed. Really, it's it's got to you got to hear him from his mouth. So um, brilliant interview and um, great great fella as well. Such a good guy. Um, yeah, we we had a ball. So tomorrow, eight pm. Look out, <laughs> look out. And also, just for those at home, there's two hundred and forty odd of you watching across all the platforms at the moment. You need to go to the Jumper Punk YouTube channel and subscribe. There are interviews with Christo, Jamison, Nichols. We're talking about the Carlton greats who don't speak. Um, and these boys have managed to get them done and, and over the line. And, and more importantly, it's you might not realise this, Paul, but like what you've, what you, what's happened right now is you've got this piece of history that will outlive you forever. I know. I know. It's, you know? it's insane. And the, and the historians in 50 years' time or 60 years' time when we're all dead... <laughs> They'll look back online and like these are the important conversations that are documented now. So it's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we we're sort of humbled by as well that they take their time out of the day to to chat with us, which is you know it's just been I don't know it's it's just been it's been uh, not not I don't know how to define it. It's been very satisfying, really, really, really satisfying, um, especially for you know someone my age, twenty eight. Who has only been told about what these blokes did, and to actually meet them and chat about what they did for the club, um, you know, it's just it's just been fantastic. And you know, Rocco and Vince have done a phenomenal job with it all. And you know, you got to honour the past, but at the same time, we've got to keep a keen eye on what what's to come, what's now, and and what lies ahead. Um, so it's been yeah, it's been a great show. I think the development of 
of the JP has been in line with, with the footy club as well. I think so. I think I mean seeing Mars smile up and about, it's just it's, it makes my life. Yeah, he's uh he's 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 really bought in this year. Um yeah, complete change for him. He's developed we've all developed as as people and and you know as sons and, and, and brothers and cousins and husbands and fathers and whatever it may be. Um but it's been, yeah, this whole community's been fantastic to us all and that, that's what it's all about. So, I've got a few little things in the comment section here. I just want to, Pommy, I wore this top because I knew he'd comment about it, the polo, the tight polo. And I just, can I just say something too? I just want to, Adam Saad, now hear me out with this. Can we, I don't know if this is a relic of the past, but can we bring back the wolf? The wolf with Adam Saad? Do you reckon we can? We, we, I mean, I actually heard people behind me woofing at the start of the game uh, in the first quarter every time we got the ball. Um, I think we can do it. It's a matter of is everyone going to buy in and do it? I don't Maybe know. Well, Mars is adamant. Mars is. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah he's, he's, he's adamant that we need to bring it back. We tried to start it a bit, and I think, I don't know, I just think that every single time we've had a wolf, we won a flag. Not that that means anything, but Val Perovic, Ange Christou. Well, Adam Saad lives next door to Ange Christou. Well, we haven't spoken about it here on the Blue Abroad YouTube channel. Maybe this, is, maybe this can be the final thing. Guys, can we get the wolf going for Adam Saad when he winds up with those big, long kicks? I reckon um, we can. I reckon I we can. can. JS reckons we should shout, shout out Habub. <laughs> I tell you what I am loving. I'm loving the drums in the cheer squad. Oh, loving yeah. it. Loving yeah. it. Yeah, the, the big bubble they call it. The Lebanese drum, the double it's called. Uh, mate, uh, imagine 45,000 people inside Marvel Stadium, closed roof. He gets the ball and unloads and woof. <laughs> It's as simple as this. If you're at the game Friday, which most, if not all of you will be, let's bring back the wolf. And it's going to have to develop over time, but we have to get it going. Like it's, you've got to start somewhere. I don't know if it's a courty thing, but I just, yeah, I just, I, I thought, mate, Mars is adamant. Mars is adamant. We have to bring it back. All right. Ladies and gents, the wolf <laughs> is back this week. Let's go. Hashtag bring back the wolf. Love it, love it. Paolo, thanks so much, mate. It's been a pleasure Thank having you. you on. We'll, um, Thank you very much. No worries. Enjoy, guys. Go Blues. Speak soon. Go Blues. Have a good night.